Good morning, podcast. Welcome to the Pierre Tillemit Show. I am Pierre, your host, and today I have a super special episode for you. So excited. All right, guys, imagine the highest mountain you can think of right now. Imagine the hardest mountain to ever climb. Imagine having to climb it for maybe 10 days or two weeks and having to carry your climbing gear, your food, and on top of that, your camera gear. And yeah, also add to that, there might be an avalanche while you're there climbing and you're gonna have to sleep in a tent hanging thousands of feet above the ground. Now, how do you feel? I don't know about you, but just that thought makes me a little shiver. And on top of that, knowing that I would have to operate my camera and capture awesome stories while doing that just seems mind-blowing. Well, I have good news for you because today my guest is Renan Ostork and he's achieved that. So it's going to be an amazing episode. Renan is a visual storyteller. He is a filmmaker, a photographer, an artist that really pushes the limit of what is possible in storytelling, in my opinion, because he goes to remote places. He goes to the craziest places that you can ever think of on Earth. For example, he went to find the last beekeepers and had to be hanging on ropes in the middle of thousands of bees, like stinging him while still filming those people working. I mean, if you were to ask any friend around you if they would be up for it, they'd probably say no. And that's exactly why this episode is going to be awesome, because Renan is such a multifaceted human being that I can't wait to share with you. And we're going to be digging into a bunch of different topics, actually, that are going to be around storytelling. You know, like how to tell stories without human elements. How do you overcome creative blocks? Can you live a simple life versus having to always seek for the best or the highest or the most difficult? How do you actually get out of your comfort zone? And last but not least, where do you find inspiration? So if you're ready, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to welcome Renan to the podcast. But I wanted to let you know that you can find him on Instagram at Renan underscore Ostorks. It's R-E-N-A-N underscore O-Z-T-U-R-K. And make sure if you go check out his work, make sure you also check out the movies. Maybe you want to take some time to watch one or two of his movies before you actually listen to the podcast because it will give you a ton more context into his world. All right, all right, enough said. Let's get started. Let's welcome Renan to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Renan. Thank it, you, thank you. It's a huge pleasure to have you. I want to thank you for your time. If I say photography, what image do you have in mind? Um, if you say photography, I, I guess I immediately go to more journalistic, National Geographic um, style photos that just show a slice of life of humanity and the planet like we've never seen it before. Do you have one particular image that, that literally just jumps in your mind? Um, if I had one image that jumped, jumps to my mind, it would probably be, um, there's this National Geographic um, cover, I think it was a Bobby Modell photo of Nameless Tower. It's, a, it's this big spike of rock in the middle of mountains in Pakistan and that was one of the shots that originally inspired me to become a, a climber and chase after these um, first ascents in far off places and explore the world. That's awesome. Do you, do, you, do you feel that those shots like keep inspiring you or is it something that just triggers you at the beginning and after you just evolve into new shots? Um, no, those, those kind of shots that that show the world in, in a different way or a slice of humanity or amplify the voice of a culture that's undergoing hard times or, or culture loss. 
um, those those kind of images are continually inspiring. It's not a a one and done scenario. It's yeah. a infinite loop of inspiration, and it and it grows and grows and grows as you see more of it everywhere from social media to magazines to the back of um the back of like people's cameras and phones that's that's something here at uh so guys we're at the sony kendo event so we've got a bunch of amazing photographers around and that's something that i realized especially speaking with the older generation i'll say they're so focused on story and uh the impact one photo can have that just I think it's a good reminder, especially nowadays where we're inundated with images. Uh, there's been more than ever, like, can you still get one shot that will make everyone stop? Um, that, so that's why I like to ask, because everyone has a different shot that got them where they are or that inspired them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, uh, it's hard to unsee certain images, as, as a lot of people saying it's it's true it's, it's one image still does have the power to to make a lot of positive change for, for the people and and the planet in general do, do you feel that uh how, how is your line between photography and videography like do you think one is more powerful or or it's faster to impact with one than the other what's what's your stand on that i'm kind of curious as far as photography versus video and the impact that it has. I think they're both really important tools. I started in, in video and I, I think the the power of combining photography, sound and and picture for an audience in a theater uh, that you have captive and there's a thousand people there and they're laughing and they're crying. Um, no doubt that there's a there's incredibly huge potential there with how what you can what you can do and how many people you can reach yeah um but it's also like a really complex and cumbersome art form that requires um a lot of a lot of time and in suffering and in fundraising to pull off something on that mm -hmm. scale um whereas you can be like wandering alone in the woods um with your camera um or in the middle of some um, natural event or political event and capture a single photo that um, that could have a similar impact in a much simpler way so uh, they both have their their moments I think it's a matter yeah. of recognizing when you want to play that card of really putting um, your life on the line so mm -hmm. to speak for a bigger video idea versus knowing that maybe you'll have more impact in a quicker way just doing photography yeah speaking of putting your life on the line i would say you're pretty good at it <laughs> no offense um so as you as i mentioned to you guys in the intro rena you work on meru uh the the movie and i mean that was completely extreme let's let's just be honest i mean from our perspective you know from no normal people i will say can you give us your origin story? Like, what's volume zero of, of Renan's story? Um, probably volume zero for me was um, finishing school with a biology degree and giving away all my belongings and just living uh, on the road in places like the desert in Moab, like mm -hmm. um, like we were just talking about with you yeah. and your, your wife falling in love with, and I fell in love with it too, and I just um, hitchhiked 
around with friends to different places and national parks, just learning how to climb and doing landscape um, artwork. And that was kind of the basis for all um, my storytelling and visual mm -hmm. love of you know, exploring the planet and the people within it. What, what triggered you, especially after your, like you said, biology degree? Like, was there something like a big trigger? I think it was just the people in the in the landscapes I was going to. When you see some of these places, it's hard not to be moved yeah. um, to tears, or you have these experiences. You're with you're with uh, a small team going to a place in the Himalaya that no one's been, and you're climbing a, a wall, having these um, these experiences that are like very on the edge, and you're making life and death decisions sometimes, mm -hmm. and you see yourself and you see your friends in a, a really rare condition where you're very vulnerable and, and honest because there's no room not to be and that that brought out a lot of um emotion for me to want to to share a little bit of that because it's it's hard to share that stuff yeah and you can now oh well, and you couldn't before with the size of the cameras getting smaller you yeah. can you can do it with your phone now you now there's you know, all the A7 cameras that are full frame and, and really small yeah. that you can get up on some of these climbs and to some of these places. Have, have you ever felt, especially when you when you decided to quit and, and stay in the desert, have you ever felt at one point that you could stay there forever? Or was there a point where, because obviously you, you, you went back at one point and started working more on films and stuff and not just the artwork you were doing and staying in the desert. Um, I always wonder like if I would stay there forever or if there is a point where what happened? Um, yeah, I mean it would be pretty easy to just stay in the climbing life. Yeah um, Stay in the desert so to speak and Just live a really simple lifestyle where you're not flying around the world all the time burning carbon, but yeah. for me at, at this point Just lucky enough to have the opportunities that I've had so I feel a responsibility to keep going and, and telling stories that have positive impact, mm -hmm. whether it's environmentally or, or culturally. And that's what that's what kind of drives me now to to keep going, um, even though, you know, of course, I I think about how nice and simple it would be just to yeah. to continue to climb and and just pursue that. Did, did you get pulled out of the desert or did you decided to, to, to do it? I, I didn't get pulled out of the desert. I think it was a slow process of, okay. you know, you make one film and then it goes to a film festival and then you see the power of that and you have an opportunity to do it again or go on a different expedition that has a equally as powerful story. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're, you're doing all kinds of different work in different parts of the world and juggling different passion projects. And when, and then when you're doing that, you need a little bit more of a base and an infrastructure mm. to tell those stories rather than, um, doing it out of a, out of a tent with solar power. Yeah. You need, um, yeah, some real type of professionals to collaborate with and, yeah those kind of resources. 
that's that's uh, that's why I find your story fascinating and and the work you do nowadays and I I I'm, I'm I love meditating and I had very long discussions with friends about if you could stay in meditation the whole time um, would that be there is no bad or good thing but uh, it's almost like sometimes if I stay too long and doing one thing I feel like I'm not. I'm not pushing enough in other areas. Yeah. And by you being like in the desert for a while, but still like doing something different after, um, I think it just puts stuff into perspective that everything comes in episodes. I'm sharing my, it's very, it's very me from your story. I, I love hearing stories about people like you or others who you see life is just a series of, of chapters, right? So you have the desert chapter, maybe you have the filmmaking chapter, who knows what comes after. Yeah. And, uh, I, that was my personal thing. I just like to, to put that in perspective because otherwise, we're, you know, we're like, oh, I need to do that. I need to do that. I need to, to be here or do. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to get pigeonholed into a specific mold, especially these this day yeah. and age where, oh, you've got to go go to school. Then you've got to get your job. And mm. then it's a it's a mold. But you can these this day and age it's also easy to break the mold but it just mm -hmm. takes a little courage at, at a certain point in time to yeah. write a chapter in that wasn't scripted for you by yeah. either a society that you live in the country you live in your family mm. other expectations that people put up put on you yeah and that, that's what's cool about storytelling is i think a lot of people can find opportunity within that and and do really meaningful things with their lives because mm. that's what we're all trying to do yeah. one way or another is just find find meaning and that's different for everyone but it's people don't always get it because they get sidetracked into a single mold and a single single yeah. chapter maybe for their entire life yeah yeah it's uh you get caught up into what you're supposed to do based on someone else's view of the world speaking of storytelling would you have any tip because that's a question I, I have from people they're like how can you tell better stories and i have that question especially when it comes down to nature or landscapes or where you don't always have a human element so the question is if how do you tell a story of a landscape when there's no human element yeah i mean obviously there's um there's a lot going on in landscapes other than humans um in terms of wildlife and there's very deep stories you can tell there mm -hmm. about the behavior and nature of what's ha what's happening with the wildlife or the hy hydrological cycle you can bring in auditory um, elements that really personify a landscape where you can show it as a as a living breathing entity um yeah it, when you go to a powerful landscape it normally changes in character every five minutes uh with with the weather and everything that's happening so i hmm. i think it's just a matter of being aware of those things and weaving that into a story so every every story that we tell that we we pitch or yeah. or deliver the landscape is its own character um aside from the people in the story so we, we want to hmm create it as its own character and make sure you do it justice the same way you would want to do right by the main character of the film like is the landscape oh. is the landscape represented is it 
a standalone character yeah. in its own right in a, in a film. That's that's I never thought about it as its own character. It's really good. I, I like that idea. I hope that it will help anyone listening. But yeah, uh, it's true. Yeah, when you think about it, it's it's like behaving on its own. It's it's evolving. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's really so good. So I'll, I'll often, when I get to a location, I'll set up a time lapse that I'll keep running for for days, if not weeks, on yeah. a location, keep changing batteries. Um, yeah. So over a long period of time, you've got a, a multi, multi, multi-day time lapse that shows the movement in weather. Yeah. And you can you can pick and choose pieces of that to to give that landscape a, a voice and a character within within a piece. And it's a natural extension of where I began, which was yeah. painting these landscapes. So uh, it only makes sense to try to carry that through, even if it's a bigger story that's not exactly 100% focused on a landscape. Yeah. It's a it's a character study, but still, the character's connection to the place is important mm-hmm. almost always. Yeah. And then, how do you have that place be? be seen in the film as its own entity got it that's really cool i'm gonna be mindful because you have to run to to um to somewhere but have you ever been in like a creative block and if yes how do you get out of it that um i mean i'm in a creative block every day trying to write a a silly instagram caption in this day that's what age. i was doing before talking to you yeah i didn't finish <laughs> yeah yeah it's it i think it's good just to give yourself those little writing assignments and try to work through them um but deadlines and um like pressure of the modern world sometimes forces you to at least come out of it with with something yeah. and i think i don't i don't have any like specific techniques other than just to to try to interact with more people and and bounce your ideas off them and Mm. and try to absorb other stories that are related and that's probably probably the best way to get through it is just to to not stop and and maybe it's you're giving up on trying to you know, write your your treatment, but you're refocusing that energy into something that might allow you to come at it from a different perspective. Got it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I have a lot of people in my audience, they're asking me like, oh, my city is boring, or I'm always in the same place, I'm not traveling like you, I don't know what to shoot, or I'm not inspired, and and one thing I suggest, and, and I'll ask you one after, uh, is just imagine you're a tourist in your own world try even just go on google image and like look at tourist stuff what what how do people perceive your place as someone who's never been there and um and usually that works at least that works for me in paris when i lived there for a while i was just getting bored you know everyone's like wow paris is yeah but when you live there it's, it just becomes normal yeah Exactly. Yeah, I tell the number one piece of advice I give people when they say, how do you find a powerful story? I tell them to look around you and there's probably something that's really close to you that you have very deep access to. It's probably within your own family. Yeah. There's a story that you can tell in a deeper emotional way because you have that lifelong mm. access to it that you don't even realize that's there. So don't always 
try to like figure out the craziest place you can go to where no one's ever been. Yeah. Take a look at, at your life and what your closest relationships are. Maybe there's a, a story that's right under your nose. That's, that's going to be more powerful uh, yeah. that you can develop. That's true. Yeah. You don't have to, to go around the world. Just, you have to yeah. go around the world just to come back to realize it was under your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times it's like that. Like, I can't believe I didn't see that, you know, my brother's going through these hard times and this is a really powerful story that anybody can relate to. Yeah. Um, we just went to, I could talk about empathy and filmmaking this morning. Mm -hmm. Same thing. The, um, presenter gave a story about her mother and father dying from cancer. It was a very brave story to tell, but she told it in a really emotional, personal way, mm -hmm. using the camera as a tool to help herself through that difficult experience. Yeah. And yeah, it just takes um, starting to recognize those stories, even if they're really hard emotionally for yourself. If, if a story feels hard and you feel a little uncomfortable when you're, when you're engaged in it, then normally it's, It's probably something that that has power and emotion. Got it. Rather than rather than just doing stuff that's safe, like going to yeah. a far off place and a and a destination where you're you're just pressing the button mm. for the sake of beauty and not a deeper story. That makes sense. Um, we're gonna wrap up with that. Just one last question, and it's gonna be: What would be If you had to summarize like your whole, let's call it career or, or life, uh, was the, the biggest story in your head, what would it be? Either you made a film out of it or you didn't, like what was the, the one thing that, that impacts you the most nowadays? I think the one thing that impacts me the most in terms of the, the stories that I'm doing now is just the shift towards doing pieces that amplify the voice of cultures that maybe lost with this trend of globalization and modernity. Mm. Um, some of the remote places in the world, like the last honey hunter story yeah. that we did. Um, and the one we're about to head off for another national geographic assignment to the Mustang, which is a forbidden kingdom on the Tibetan plateau. Oh. And there's a road, um, that's finally going into this area. That's going to connect it to China and Tibet and it'll, it'll change forever, forever. Yeah. Um, so documenting the, the culture there before it changes and is lost. And those, those type of stories are now the ones that, that really stand out to me as the most meaningful that I want to put my time into. Nice. Nice. Renan, thank you so much yeah, for your thanks, time. Yeah, uh, Everyone, you can go check out Renan on Instagram. And what, what film should they start watching? If they, no one knows your work, which one should they start with? Um, you can watch like Meru for like a, a fun climbing movie. <laughs> and then um, if you want to go a little deeper into like cultural stuff, um, check out the film Sherpa, um, which is a feature documentary about Everest from the Sherpa perspective. Um, and then Mountain is another one that came out recently about, you know, the history of mountains and the relationship of people to mountains over time. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of short films you can just start cool. <laughs> Googling around. All right, guys, you can start with that one on a nice uh, evening and, and enjoy it. Thank yeah. you so much, Renan. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks.
All right, guys, I hope you have enjoyed that episode. I'm so pumped to have shared that one with you and being able to share and get a little bit of insight into his world. If you did get any kind of value, if you love that episode, make sure you share it with your cat, your dog, your fish, the animal world, and the humans around you because that means the world to me. You can tag me on Instagram at Pieti Lambert or on Twitter. And remember, go check out Renan's work. It's beautiful. It's deep. There is so much story into it. And I want to recommend one movie. It is Meru, which is just insane. We talked about it in the podcast, but I will link everything in the show notes right now. And you can uh, just click on it and watch it tonight. Also, the new documentary, The Last Beekeepers, is um, something that you need to watch. So with no further ado, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Remember, life is what you make of it. And get out there, go shoot, try something different, try something new. I'll see you in the next episode or talk to you or whatever. Have an amazing day.